I always just knew that there was something more for me other than accounting. It never felt rewarding. It never felt fulfilling for me. And I knew that I had something that could make a difference for people. Hi, this is Diana Purnell O'Leary with Job Talk Weekly. I love sharing stories of people's career changes to help you find the inspiration to make that big move yourself. Today, I talked to Ashley Schaefer. Ashley is an image consultant and personal stylist based in the greater Philadelphia area. But like a lot of us, she is serving clients all over virtually. Ashley provides full service image and wardrobe consulting that helps high performing women boost their image. And that's something Ashley knows about herself from her time in corporate America. So how does an East Coast CPA end up in my closet? Let's find out. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Thank you so much for having me. You've made an interesting career change. But before we dive into your move from CPA to stylist to image consultant, help us set the stage. What were your goals in college? What were your career plans back then? Sure. So I originally went to college And the funny thing is, is I don't think I really knew what I was going to college for when I first started. Um, But somehow I fell onto a path of accounting. I had a great mentor and he said, you know, you really excelled at my business math class. Have you ever considered accounting? And it really was not even a thought of mine. Um, and I said, you know what, let's give it a shot. Why not? I was really good at math. <laughs> yeah. Um, my parents were excited about the idea of me being an accountant. I mean, I think what parents wouldn't be excited about that. Yeah. They, it's like immediate stability and good job for your right. child right. leaving college. Um, so I said, okay. And, um, And so that's really kind of where it started. And I was really good at accounting. I was successful and I got great grades. I scored an internship with one of the big four accounting firms. So really kind of everything was falling into place for me to be a CPA. So how many years did you work as a CPA or in finance before you started to get a little itchy that that wasn't enough for you? So I honestly was probably itchy right from the get-go, and I just didn't really know how to funnel that energy. Yeah. Um, I was in the accounting industry for 12 years Mm -hmm. from start to finish, and it was pretty soon that I was kind of itching for more and just didn't really know how to funnel it, to be honest with you. So then how did you end up getting into what you're doing now, which is being an image consultant and wardrobe styling? Sure. So um, it was funny. I did it for free for friends and for colleagues often. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew I had always had this extreme passion for everything fashion, everything style, clothes. It's honestly the one of the things that got me through accounting. You know, you're working long hours. I had to have something to make me excited to get Mm -hmm. up and go to work. And Mm -hmm. so I had this great work wardrobe. Um, and so that was one of the things, you know, that helped to fuel, get me through. Um, but I would honestly work, shop with friends, shop with, um, colleagues. And it was just really kind of me doing it on the side that Mm -hmm. made me figure out maybe I can actually make this a thing. 
Yeah, yeah. And tell me more about those times with your coworkers, because when I used to work in downtown Chicago, I remember those days that we would take a long lunch and we would go shopping and we'd come back with, you know, all our our new outfits. But there takes a different leap when you're going to start to suggest to someone what they're going to wear. And it's one thing when it's your really close friend or a roommate, but it sounds like you started doing this with a lot of your different co-workers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we used to go shopping on our my lunch break all the time. And really, anyone in the office um, that wanted to, I was more than willing, you know, to almost take you on as a client. Um, I was kind of like the office social butterfly, if you will. So yeah. I made friends with a lot of women and I always really dressed to the nines at any job that I had because that's really what made me feel good and yeah. that's what gave me the confidence. And so other people kind of caught on and they would compliment the things that I wore and I would say to them, you know, and I would give them tips or, you know, I can help you too. So sometimes we would go shopping on lunch breaks, other times, um, we, I would bring things into the office, you know, if they were the same size as me, I would trade, trade off clothes. Um, or if not, I would bring in accessories. People would bring in outfits to work and we would have like little try on sessions in the bathrooms at work where I would be suggesting to people how to style something or yes, that looks great. No, that doesn't look great. Just things like that. And I think, doing having their trust um and doing that is also kind of what gave me the confidence and the reassurance that I knew that this was the right path for me yeah so they were having success and it sounds like they were also feeling differently they weren't just dressing differently were they showing up differently to the office yeah absolutely I mean when I think any woman knows, like when you feel good, when you know you look good, it totally changes your mood. It totally changes how you walk and yeah. how you show up to a room. Yeah. And seeing that energy is just, and feeling that energy from the other side, knowing that you played a pivotal role in that, is just infectious. So do you remember the very first time that someone actually paid you to do it? I do remember. I do remember. And I remember feeling like a complete fraud what? because <laughs> because she was my first client and yeah. she had no idea that she was my first client. Yeah. And it was um, so to give you a time of reference, I started my career in Big Four in 2007. Okay. And um, oh, just in time for the recession. Good on you. Okay. Yes. Yes. Just in time for that. Um and I moved around a little bit. I'm originally from upstate New York. I transferred to the, um, a New York City office before I then moved down to New Jersey when I started in private industry. I worked two careers in private industry. And it wasn't until 2013 did I start my image consulting business. And I remember it was my very first networking event that I'd ever been to. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. It was at a hotel lobby and you know, I'm an only child so I'm I'm okay with, you know, eating alone. So <laughs> walking into this networking event by myself, you know, 
like that 15 seconds of courage, you know, you yeah. got to take a deep breath and walk in. But after that, I was fine. And but I do remember feeling kind of like a fraud. I was like, this is my first paying client. Yeah. Um, you know, she thinks I've done this 100 times. Well, which and... you had, you just hadn't been paid for it or not paid exactly. in the same way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I hope your coworkers were taking you out to lunch or dinner every once in a while. Honestly, I just, I, I did it for the kicks. I get so like, I, I just got so much enjoyment out of it and it was just so reassuring, um, being successful at it. Um, so just that reassurance was enough for me, you know, to know that I could then become successful once I left the accounting industry. So how long did you do this as your side gig until you were able to make the leap and do this full time? Yeah. So I did it as a side gig for six years. Yeah. And in that six years, I had a baby. So I did kind of take a step back from growing the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And if someone found me online or if you were an existing client, I would still work with you. But I wasn't really working on growing the business because, you know, working a full time job and like having a family is a lot. And I didn't want to feel like I was slighting anyone in that, whether it was a paying customer or my family. Right. So it was six years that I did did both. And um, it wasn't until September of 2019, so after 12 years, that I decided to go and leave accounting. Yeah. Yeah. And then so you have been doing this then full time since then. Yes. So I've been doing it full-time since then. Um, after I left accounting, I decided to rebrand my business. I started, I created a new website. I changed the name of the company. Um, and I felt like it was really important for me to rebrand at that point in time to kind of mark this new stage, not Mm. just, oh, I used to do accounting. Now I'm doing this. Yeah. I wanted to kind of start fresh. And I think that rebranding really helped to just kind of set the stage for what was to come for me. Yeah. And accounting and fashion are very different. But were there some skills that you carried over from your business work? Were there some traits that you picked up along the way that you're still grateful for? Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, Accounting, you have to work in Excel. And so I think just some of the computer skills that I've Mm, learned, mm -hmm. you know, like being organized on a computer Mm -hmm. um, and just some stuff in Excel has been really helpful. But I think mostly what's become really helpful is just the general like business etiquette and work ethic that I picked up, Um, you know, like responding to emails promptly and just the way you, the type of language that you use, and then also being relatable to my clients because my clients are these high performing women. You were one of them. Yeah. And I worked with them very closely. And so I understand when you tell me, you know, my office is business casual or my office is business professional. I understand what all of that really means and what it really looks like. 
Yeah. And I think one of the things you hear about for people who are entrepreneurs, who are self-employed, is that they love the content of what they do. But a lot of self-employed people get tripped up when it comes to keeping the books, keeping their receipts, managing their money. But you had that all figured out because you were already in accounting. So that part was really easy for you then. I did. But funny thing is I also married an accountant. No. <laughs> so, so who keeps the books for your so image? He, he sets up quarterly financial <laughs> statements meetings with me. <laughs> now that's romantic. It, oh, it's so romantic. <laughs> um, and it's become a lot easier since he's working from home now. But to, I mean, I w- was successful in accounting in the sense that, you know, I was always good at getting my work done on time. Yeah. I got my CPA. So I was educated, but just the mental capacity that you really need to be a successful accountant, I didn't have because the other side of my brain, the, you know, artistic side was thriving. And so when it comes to keeping the books, I let him kind of worry about that. (laughs) Well, good for you. Good for you. And it sounds like early on, you had that itch, like we say, that you knew it, there was something else that you were meant for more, that there was something else out there for you. Did any other thoughts come up or did you know, no, this is the thing? Like, did how did it kind of hone in on the, the styling? Sure. So I actually remember this one specific day, like it was yesterday. Um, I started, I had started my third job in the accounting industry and I was so fortunate to work with this amazing woman and she's actually still a good friend of mine. And we worked really closely together for a while. And then one day she told me she was leaving Mm -hmm. and she also, um, in addition to doing this, she used to work as a dance instructor. Mm. Um, so she left, that job to become the director of a dance studio. And I remember just this feeling of jealousy, of resentment. Like, obviously, I was very happy for her and very excited for her. But I was like, wow, she is really doing it. She's really making her dreams come true. And I, I kid you not, I still remember that day, I went home and started Googling you know, because, like, you have to remember, this is also, like, back in, I don't, I mean, this is, like, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really before, like, Instagram became big. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started Googling, you know, personal shopper, personal stylist. And that's really when I stumbled up upon image consulting and an image consulting course and really what that entailed. And after I read into it. And I was like, this is really, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because it's not just shopping for clothes. It's not just putting you in an outfit. It's taking, what do you want your image to be? How do you want others to perceive you? And then marrying that with your lifestyle. So does, do these clothes even make sense for you? And kind of cultivating a wardrobe that says those, that says both of those things. So it's much more, you know, than just putting someone in this dress because it looks good on them. It's really understanding. Does it align with how they want to be perceived? Does it align with their lifestyle? No, I think that's really spot on. So has your work evolved since you first began doing it on the side to today? Drastically. And and even since you know, when I took that little bit of a break, um, and relaunched my business, 
it's crazy how much Instagram has become a game changer for entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, and even, I mean, I find myself like, you know, even if I'm traveling or something like that and I'm thinking about going to a restaurant, I look up the restaurant on Instagram to see yeah. what they're, what they have going on. Yeah. Um, so Instagram has been a huge game changer and just the amount of stuff that I'm doing virtually is so much different. Um, you know, I utilize an online platform for my clients, whether I'm shopping for them online or not, I still keep everything on this online platform that they have access to. And, um, it's just a really awesome tool. I can create lookbooks for clients. I can shop for them online. They can upload pieces from their closet and it's all in one place when previously, um, something like that would be done just like via, um, like a slide deck and it would be housed in a folder in like a private part of my website for each client. Ah, I see. I see. Or even many years ago, you probably would have had to go shopping with people. Yeah. Yeah. And I still do love shopping with people. It's so unfortunate that the pandemic has kind of stripped that away from us. Um, because I think clients really love that too, you know, being able to get out and touch and feel versus Mm -hmm. all the online shopping. Mm -hmm. Um, but that really is where hiring a professional really comes into play because online shopping has taken so much away from us, the consumer, you know, we can no longer touch things before we put them on. We can no longer even try them on. So, you know, this mystery package is going to come in the mail and we're not even sure what the fabric is going to be like. Really? We're not even sure what the color is going to be. Cause sometimes there's, you know, colors can be distorted online. Um, and there's so much back and forth. So working with someone like me, I can really, because I do it so much, I can look at something online and know what it's going to feel like. I can look at something online and know how it's going to fit. So it just gets you, one step closer to that perfect end result. And I think this generation will be much more comfortable with that. Like I look at my girls and they do all their shopping online. And the only problem with that is that they don't leave time to get something. Like if they're going somewhere on a Saturday, well, Friday night, they're like, can we order this and it'll it'll be here tomorrow. I'm like, "Um, (laughs) can can we plan out a little bit more in advance? So I feel like the whole shopping life has changed. It changes everything that that we expect from it. Talk to us about this past year in the pandemic, though, how that's impacted your business and how you've worked with clients differently. Sure. Well, I will say the pandemic, um, whereas I felt it was a curse, you know, when it first started, um, Mm -hmm. I had projects in the works that really got squashed. Um, So that was really upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still remember sitting at my dining room table feeling like my life was over. But it's actually been kind of a blessing in disguise for a lot of things. Um, I've taught myself a lot of business tools, like such as Canva. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't familiar with Canva before. um, And I didn't really create marketing things, um, you know, like slide decks or um, like downloadable guides. I had never done that before because I didn't really have a need for that. You know, when I relaunched my business, I was so busy. I had so much um, traction going on that I didn't have time for any of that. So the pandemic forced me to kind of take a step back and really made me look at my business 
in a different light and say, okay, how can I do things differently? What else can I offer? And um, it's funny, we actually met last week at my first masterclass. And I truly think that if it were not for the pandemic, I would have never been able to host that or I maybe never would have even thought of hosting. Yeah, I think that's sort of the the silver lining, if you will, to some of the pandemic is that it is pushing us out there. I mean, I did the same thing. Instead of meeting with clients one on one, I opened it up to a podcast, which was a different way of reaching people. So there are some upsides. And I think you're right. I think it's the entrepreneurs who are really thriving now because they are figuring out new ways of doing things and they're getting really creative. And I think we have we have that freedom, right? So like we're going through it with everybody else. And I am understanding, you know, what are my clients doing? Most of my clients are working from home. So I have the ability to kind of switch gears and, you know, teach them how to comfortably dress for a Zoom call, but still look professional um, and how to really utilize and maximize your wardrobe to make it work for not just work, but casual wear too. Um, So I think it's allowed us as entrepreneurs to kind of pivot to really speak to what the masses are really looking for because they're going through the same thing. And I think there might be another shift. You know, you and I talked earlier before we hopped on to the podcast, but, you know, women's work, women's wardrobes at work has changed so much from, you know, those boxy suits and the ties and, you know, the very stuffy look. And now fast forward to today, we're literally we're working in sweats or we have like the sweater cardigan, the sweater blazer. Yeah. I mean, we're going to hit this other evolution. So tell us about some of the work that you're doing with your clients now and how they're showing up, even though they're on Zoom calls. You know, what are some of the tips that that you're giving people? Yeah, well, I actually want to touch upon something before I give you the tips because you brought up a really good point is how much women's fashion has changed. And I mean, women are, I mean, we're making huge moves right now. If they choose to show up also with the way they're dressing and really kind of express themselves through their style, I think that can only further benefit them in their career also. Um, Because I know, you know, when I used to dress to fit my personal style, but still in accordance with the dress code, people would notice me, people wanted to talk to me, and I was showing up more confident. And so I think that we owe it to ourselves to kind of push ourselves and show up, you know, feeling our most confident and really have fun with how you're dressing at work. Like it doesn't, even though styles have changed, I still feel like so many women are stuck in their old ways of, you know, oh, I have to wear this black suit or, um, you know, just settling, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think during the pandemic, we all sort of went through a bit of a roller coaster because in the beginning it was like, oh, great, I can work in sweats. And out went the hair, out went the makeup. And then after, you know, a few weeks, I'm like, okay, no, I got to get ready. I got to get back on, you know, I got to put some earrings on. And I want to because, you know, I'm I'm that woman, too. I like putting on lipstick. I like getting dressed up. So for me, I could tell a real difference when I started getting just a little more dressed up. I mean, I still might be in jeans, but from, you know, from the top up, I looked just a little bit more put together than I did in the first couple months of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's our mental health. You definitely have to. And I mean, I remember after I had my daughter, I was, you know, just rolling out of bed and like, 
after a few weeks of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have never been like this disheveled because <laughs> I was used to going to work all the time and putting myself yeah. together. Yeah. And it really did a lot for your psyche. And I was like, I got to snap out of this. And kind of the same thing with the pandemic is, yeah, it's going to take more effort for you to do your hair or put on makeup. And maybe you're not going anywhere, but you're certainly going to continue to see yourself each time you go in the bathroom or each time you glance by, you know, maybe it is a hallway mirror and that's going to help to up uplift your spirits and kind of make you feel, you know, alive again. And I think when it, when you are on zoom calls, you know, you touched upon, you can still wear jeans. Um, but yeah, like think about the fact that you're in this box. If you're on a zoom call, whether it's one person or multiple people, like they have this box around you that's all they can see and yeah. so really it's about dressing smart you know putting having your hair done at least in some way you know yeah. <laughs> like put some <laughs> mascara on and then accessorizing around the neckline or the ears you know whether it be mm -hmm. earrings and a necklace you know something like that keeping um blues come across very calming on camera ah. so I always suggest to people like if when all else fails wear a shade of blue and especially if you have to deliver maybe some negative news um reds and oranges come off very alarming mm -hmm. so just these like subtle um you know subconscious views or um subconscious clues happen mm -hmm. um that you might not really even think about. So I always suggest one also wear blue and really think about also what's in your background. Oh yeah. Because, because if I'm doing my job as an image consultant, your image is what's coming across. And so yeah. it's not just you that's walking into the conference room. It's now whatever room you're in. Mm. And so, you know, if you're, let's just say a lawyer and you're working with a high ticket client and they're paying you for, you know, for you to be organized and have all of your facts straight and so on and so forth, they don't want to see your background that's super disheveled because mm -hmm. that sets, that's a different image than the one that you're trying to portray. Uh, so it's just, you know, little things like that to keep in mind um, when you, when you're coming on camera. So what other advice do you have for people who are making a big career change? Because, again, you started thinking of it, but it took you a while. It took you a few years to say, OK, I'm going to go. I'm going to jump up and do this. What would you say to someone else who's got sort of an, uh, you know, a feeling in the back of their mind that, yeah, what I'm doing today just really isn't me? What would you tell them? So I would tell them that they definitely need to do their research, mm -hmm. you know, research because I think when you just kind of wallow in your pity of like, <laughs> you know, I really, I really wish I could be in this industry or, you know, so on and so forth, like do your research and figure out what it is, what it's going to take for you to get there. Yeah. And if that's something that you really want to do, you know, reach out to people right now, like people are so accessible, whether it's via Instagram or LinkedIn, yeah. you know, reach out to other people in the industry, see if they're willing to have a chat with you to really kind of understand what that industry is like. Um, and understand like you might have to take a pay cut mm -hmm. if, if that's really what you want to do. 
And then lastly, I think it's so important to really set goals and take flight because, um, you know, when I was planning out launching my business, they, there's, you know, different uh, career coaches have models out there, but they talk about the getting light phase, which is, you know, doing the research, planning it out, doing the website, doing all this prep work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be really invigorating and mm-hmm. really exciting when you're actually, you know, um, in this getting light phase. But there comes a point in time when you have to take flight. You have mm-hmm. to launch the business. Mm-hmm. You have to either leave your your other your first job and really make this a full-time thing. So I think it's really important to set those goals, figure out whatever they are, whether it be a timeline or a financial status um, or um, education, and actually take flight and make it happen for yourself. Yeah, that's a really good point because you can do all the research you want. You can play with your website all day long. You can craft business cards and letterhead. But until you're out there meeting with potential clients and whatever your business is, then you're not going to take off. Right, right. And and I think it sometimes takes that free falling, if you will, to kind of really propel you into success. You know, sometimes if you have this this thing on the back burner, um, you know, whether it be your first job or whatever, if you have this back burner business, um, you might not fully feel vested in what you have going on. Right. So what about you, Ashley? What is the most rewarding part of your work right now? Uh, The most rewarding part is seeing and feeling and hearing my clients after we've worked together, you know, getting those text messages right after I've left their house or right after I've delivered a, um, a service to them saying, oh my God, goodness, I wish I would have done this sooner. Or, oh my goodness, I can't believe how amazing I feel. And getting those selfies saying, this is what I'm wearing to work today. I feel so good. Thank you so much. Um, I even had a client one time text me saying that her husband noticed her pants and that was like just such a huge thing for her. He just <laughs> isn't one to really notice clothing. And okay. he loved them and complimented her. It's just, I always just knew that there was something more for me other than accounting. It never felt rewarding. It never felt fulfilling for me. Um, and I knew that I had something that could make a difference for people. And this image consulting changes women you know it helps them get to that next point in their life whether it's their career you know maybe they're already an amazing you know c or ceo but it's you know that image that's going to take them to the next level that they really need um so i just i do it for for my clients to be honest with you Well, and I'm so glad then that the pandemic has allowed not just you and I to connect, but has allowed you then to offer your services virtually. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put your website and your Instagram in the chat, but tell us where where people can find you best. Sure. So people can um, find me at my website, ashleyshafer.com, or you can visit me on Instagram at styledbyshafer. And really just get in touch with me that way. And it's really great that we have this wonderful thing called the Internet so that I can connect with people all over the globe. 
Yes, and thanks to a little iPhone, your FaceTime, you can go around shopping. Even when we do go back to malls, we can take you with us. We can take you inside the mall and say, Ashley, is it the blue or the green? Which one should I go with? (laughs) It's kind of crazy how things have really evolved. Yeah. Um, But I think it's for the better. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And I'm glad you and I found each other online, too. But thank you for joining us today, Ashley. Thank you. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to Job Talk Weekly. If you like the podcast, and we hope you do, the best thing you can do is to subscribe and forward it to your friends. We'd love to hear what you think. So please rate and review us or send us a quick email to info at jobtalkweekly.com. See you next time.